are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and I'm so happy to be back with you again today. Our show is sponsored today by Women in Healthcare, one of the fastest growing organizations for professional development of women in the healthcare industry. So check their banner on my host site and, and of course, at my website, which is www.onceanurse.com. Um, so today's show is called uh, Treatment for COVID-19, What Do We Already Have Available? I have often heard that the opportunity is, um, uh, the opportunity is, is cleverly disguised as impossible situations, and nothing could be closer to truth than in this worldwide crisis with the novel coronavirus COVID-19. It is an especially devious virus due to the fact that its host can be shedding and infecting others up to a week prior to the host even showing up with the first symptoms. Often that is a high fever and severe headache and can increase to a dry cough, shortness of breath, and more up to and including death. So in addition, uh, care by Providers are particularly at risk for many reasons. Uh, currently, because the USA is in a dire shortage of personal protective equipment, known also as PPE, COVID-19 is here in the USA to stay and disrupt the lives of all of us, healthcare workers most especially. What, we, what can we do to help? Number one is practice social distancing. Each and every person out in connection with other humans is a risk to get and spread the virulent virus to potentially hundreds more before they even show any symptoms. We have China and South Korea to show us that it, how important it is that we stop uh, having um, any as many interactions as we can. Um, and we also have Italy to show us our future if we do not. So today I'm speaking with Dr. Howard Robbins uh, from New York and Dr. Robert Rowan from uh, Santa Rosa, California. And uh, they are going to, they have had some experience treating uh, viruses, bacteria, fungi with a treatment called ozone therapy and specifically IV ozone therapy. And they've had success with it. So they have a paper they're about to, that's about to be published um, in the journal for uh, in, Journal of Infectious Diseases and Epidemiology. So uh, I'd like to welcome, and I hope you will welcome with me, Dr. Howard Robbins and Dr. Robert Rowan. Dr. Robbins, could you give a brief overview of your career, and then what brought you to ozone therapy? Dr. Robbins? Word out about these things, and I'm, I'm glad you're in the forefront trying to help uh, save people's lives. So I began medicine in 70, 1973, and by 1977 uh, started transforming into a natural healthcare practice. You know, the name has changed over the years to complementary, alternative, and now it's functional medicine, and that's what we've been doing. Um, in 1989, I met up with a close friend of mine here in New York, Dr. Robert Atkins, uh, who had begun doing intravenous ozone therapy. And when I went to visit Bobby, he said, you got to start doing ozone. So I began doing ozone in January of 1990. And um, we've done over three, now over 350,000 intravenous ozone therapies here in New York State, proving not only its safety, but its effectiveness. Um, 
and uh, we've been working ever since. And then we met, I met up with my buddy, Dr. Rowan, and I think was 2011, and we became blood brothers over okay. our uh, trip to um, uh, Sierra Leone at the invitation of the president of Sierra Leone back in October of 2014, um, where we trained some 20, 90, I don't remember the exact number of doctors in our method of intravenous ozone therapy. And um, fortunately, it was published because we were successful, five out of five cases of doctors getting it in the Ebola Center in the um, African Journal of Infectious Disease. Uh, I'll let my buddy Dr. Rowan tell you why it worked on that, you know, the biochemistry of it, and why it's so similar to the coronavirus as we get into the show. Dr. Uh, Rowan, could you please uh, first just tell a little bit about your background, and then uh, I guess you're going to verify that that's how you got into the ozone therapy. <laughs> well, I went to medical school at UC San Francisco, which is considered one of the world's finest. And I almost quit in my third year because I was very depressed. I felt I was being trained to be a pimp for pharma. Mm. And I always looked for ways not to give people chemicals. And in 1986, at a, at a meeting, I saw an ozone machine, and I said, ozone, aren't we supposed to be scared of oxidants? Well, they didn't know what they had. They, they, they were not really an ozone company. And they said, well, why don't you read this literature? I took it. I couldn't put it down. I stayed up all night reading it. I'm not a morning person. I got up 30 minutes early to get to the exhibit hall ahead of time to be first in line to get the machine. I got the machine, took it back to Alaska where I lived at the time, and after the first treatment, it just changed my life because oh. the results of patients for every condition across the board, or just about every condition, was superlative. And I just, uh, ozone has been the cornerstone of my practice since 1986. So that's how I got into it. Um, I have published several papers on ozone. Um, Howard alluded to Ebola. Uh, I had to recruit him to come with me. When I saw <laughs> Ebola and I researched it, I said, you know, I think this is going to work. And I decided I was going to go to Sierra Leone. I said, Howard, I'm going to go. He said, I'm not going. You're out of your mind. You don't want to die from Ebola? I said, fine, I'll go and I'll use your DIBB method. And Howard says to me, you're not getting all the credit for this. I'm coming too. <laughs> so we went together. <laughs> so, so we, we, can you explain I'm what the DIV method is? Just, just what those letters stand for? Direct for intravenous a... gas. Okay. Direct intravenous gas. And admittedly, there are people in the ozone world who don't like this method, but when you're dealing with a pandemic, I think it's the most expedient method there is for treating it because it only takes a couple minutes to do. It is very safe. It can cause, you know, on the downside, admittedly, it can irritate veins and it can cause a temporary cough or chest tightness. But other than that, it's amazingly safe. It's not air you're injecting, it's oxygen. And oxygen is a metabolic gas and it's rapidly consumed. So the issue of air embolus is, is virtually nil. You just, you just don't want to push it in real fast. Um, so that was the method that we chose. And we went to Sierra Leone. We taught a bunch of doctors. And after, you know, <laughs> it's a political story what happened while we were there. Uh, it's not for this show. But after we came home, uh, a doctor got Ebola. He contaminated himself. And they, he used our protocol, and he recovered almost instantly. He didn't have any further downhill course. And then we got to five other people, despite uh, clamped down by the government on the use of ozone. For whatever reason, after we were invited, they changed their mind. And I think it was due to higher ups in the industry world. But we got the five people, and all five people recovered quickly with no sequela, which is unheard of. And we published it in the African Journal of Infectious Diseases. And the world has only taken treatments a day for two days, and they went back to work. It was amazingly fast because the virus was amazingly susceptible to ozone, like we believe the coronavirus will be. Yeah, we just published a paper. The paper's already published in uh, the Journal of Infectious Diseases and Epidemiology. It just came out last week. Um, 
I got the notion that uh, Ebola would be easy to treat because Ebola has, in fact, not just Ebola, most viruses have, they, they, they have to attach to your cells and fuse to dump their genetic components in your cell to replicate. And if they can't attach to your cell and they're inactive, they don't do anything. I don't care if they're there. If they can't get into your cell, it's not an issue. Ebola has a multitude of what's called cysteine, C-Y-S-T-E-I-N-E, cysteine residues. It's an amino acid. And they have to be reduced. Um, the cysteine, the structure of cysteine is that it has a thiol group, which is S-H, in contrast to O-H. Water is O-H. That's a hydroxyl group. A thiol group is SH. Well, thiol groups are extremely vulnerable to oxidation. I mean, uh, and ozone just oxidizes them on contact instantly. So I just got the feeling, you know, maybe we can knock this thing out by uh, oxidizing their thiol groups and dinging their viral lipid coats and rendering the virus inactive. Now the immune system can mount a better immune response against it because it's not under an infection load. Ozone also uh, modulates the immune system. So if you're dealing with a possible cytokine storm, as in Ebola, as in coronavirus, ozone should modulate that and reduce the severity of it. Uh, That's been published. Ozone enriches the body with oxygen. It helps the red cells dump more oxygen into the tissues. It improves red blood cell flexibility, so it improves blood flow. It improves nitric oxide production, opening up blood vessels. So in my opinion, and I've written this, I believe ozone is the ideal antiviral, absolutely ideal. And typically we see viral diseases going away very quickly with ozone therapy, but admittedly we don't have any experience with this virus yet. Okay. Well, let me say something. If, you, if the listeners want to imagine this, the Ebola virus is like a twisted worm, and its entire surface is coated with those sulfhydryl groups, which makes it so deadly to our bodies because they glue into our cells and allow the genetics to, uh, you know, allow the virus to grow. Well, the, and that's why it was so susceptible to ozone. Now, the coronavirus looks like a dryer ball, you know, those balls that with the little bumps on you put in your clothes dryer to puff it right. up. Well, mm-hmm. all those little bumps are also sulfhydryl groups and, and tryptophan groups, which ozone has a marked attraction to, steals an electron, punches holes in it, and thus it can destroy the virus and inactivate it. And that's why we're certain it'll work on that because they are so similar. Okay, but it doesn't damage the cell itself because it's used to taking no, in uh, it doesn't oxygen. Damage healthy tissue because healthy tissue, healthy cells contain antioxidant enzymes: superoxide desmutase, glutathione peroxidase, glutathione reductase, and catalase, which are made in large enough amounts in healthy cells to protect against oxidation. And what makes ozone unique is because while it's an oxidative product, an oxidative medicine, it acts as a free radical scavenger. It gets rid of harmful free radicals. It doesn't create harmful free radicals, which is what's so brilliant about it. Uh, you know, and, um, and so it, it can only benefit you by killing every virus, fungus, yeast, mold, nothing else will kill mold, bacterias, toxins, and harmful free radicals are destroyed by it. That's what ozone can do. So, Dr. Robbins, um, is this a new, is ozone therapy something new? You know, I don't remember hearing about it other than it was, uh, we talked about using oxygen for um, uh, open sores when I was in nursing school. That, that kind of re- is something I remember. Is it something similar to that? Great question. So how about this? Charles Kenworthy an MD who was president of the Florida State Medical Association, published a little book called Ozone in Medicine in 1885. 1885, over over 100-something years ago, 150 years ago. And it was used in this country medically up until the 1930s when 
FDA and Big Pharma came in with antibiotics and whatnot. Unfortunately, it was kept alive in Europe, particularly after World War II, because while the Marshall Plan gave much of our, a lot of our money to help rebuild Europe that was destroyed, no money was, was earmarked for medicine. And that's where they turned back to something very inexpensive that they had readily on hand, and that was ozone therapy that they've been using in a more modern way since even World War One, and um, that's why it became very big and very published in Russia, Germany, uh, uh, oh, um, uh, Poland, um, Italy, Spain. It became very big in the countries that needed an inexpensive medicine to treat many different things. Now, to get it published here in the United States, where Big Pharma runs the show, is another is a rather difficult thing. Fortunately, Dr. Rowan is a brilliant writer, and we've published several. We've co-authored several papers that have been published here now. Um, I just did one that was published uh, on mold toxicity and mixed mold mycotoxicosis on my own, and he's published several here on his own too because we've um, uh, we've had such amazing results and we've been able to convince peer reviews that look at these papers that they're worthy of publication here. So doctors will now know that if they exist. Put aside the several hundred publications and published papers and studies from around the world that have been translated into to English and very available uh, on our National Library of Medicine, PubMed.gov, as you know. And if you just type intravenous ozone therapy in search, you're going to get over a, right now over 100 papers that have been published on it. So, Dr. Rowan, um, I'm, I'm really confused. We are in this crisis. I hear governors and mayors and people just begging for any information on what could possibly help this. Why are we not hearing anything about this? Uh, well, Do- Dr. I, Rowan. Think, uh, doc- I think Dr. Rob- Robert, Robert be careful it. now, but let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> I've sent messages out to my governor. I've sent messages out to elected officials. I sent messages out to Congress people, and there's no response. Mm-hmm. And what about President, Vice President Pence was handed our paper? Hmm. Well, not not necessarily him personally, but it went to his team. Um, I think pers- this is my own opinion right now. Just just an opinion, and, and please take it as that. I think that ozone therapy is terrifying to pharma because if ozone therapy was out in the mainstream and doing what it does, I think we would find a total shift in the medical paradigm today and it would move away from synthetic petrochemical pharmaceuticals to treatments that actually promote the body to heal. That's what ozone does. There is not one drug in pharma's repertory that actually cures a disease, except maybe for antibiotics, maybe, 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 maybe. But even mm-hmm. then, if you don't have an immune system, it's not going to fix the person. Mm-hmm. So I put that notion up to people. Name me a single drug that cures a, a disease, a chronic disease, and I'll give you a $100 bill, and no one's been able to answer it. The best mm-hmm. they could come up with was an NSAID drug for patent ductus arteriosus. <laughs> That's a laugh. Now... Ozone stimulates the body to heal across the board because the underlying need in all disease processes, I don't care whether it's infection or chronic degeneration, is oxygen. And if you get more oxygen to the tissues, you can't help but get a favorable response. Ozone does more than that. It stimulates a a whole host of uh, downstream metabolites which modulate the immune system probably are anti-infective and stimulate the body to go through a healing process. I think that's why we don't see this. Now, that's just my personal opinion. I think it's terrifying to the people who run our country. Hmm. So I don't know if either of you know the answer to this, but how many people, how many physicians or practitioners in the country are using uh, IV ozone therapy. Well, together, Dr. Rowan and myself have trained several hundred doctors from around the country. There are other. There's one other doctor that's also trained several hundred. Now, when you consider there must be 
somewhere between half a million and a million doctors practicing medicine and dentists, for that matter. It's very well used in dentistry. Um, uh, there's um, uh, probably no more than a thousand practitioners in the country using ozone now. Fortunately, the number is slowly growing as, it, as people become more aware of it. Hmm. Now, I have I have another comment, Leanne. You ask why isn't this being done? Another another reason is ozone is not patentable. Uh-huh. So there is no there is no incentive in industry to spend the hundred fifty million dollars it will take to push this through the regulatory agencies for their quote approval process. Who uh-huh. will put that kind of money into something when you can't make it back? Mm-hmm. See, it's manufactured in an ozone generator for medical-grade oxygen at the moment you need it. Uh, there's no way to store it. It has a very, uh-huh. it's a highly reactive molecule, wants to steal electrons because it's electron deficient. So it, it, it reacts with things re- immediately and it will deteriorate into oxygen at room temperature within, oh, 30 to 45 minutes. So mm-hmm. um, you can't put it into a capsule, a powder, a tablet kind of mm-hmm. form that Big Pharma would thus be able to sell. And um, uh, so you need it right there and then, and that's probably the main reason why, well, that is the reason why it's not patentable. One of our friends likes to say if it were a patentable medicine, it would be found in every hospital today here in this country. So basically what I'm hearing you say is that you need a generator to create it at the time. You need some sort of IV delivery system. What else? Well, the IV delivery system have to be a simple as butterfly. Uh, we use a 27-gauge baby scalp vein set. It's a very inexpensive therapy and a syringe. Uh, you can do an ozone. The actual cost to a doctor for an ozone treatment is under a dollar. Oh. Um, uh, oh you know, and so it's uh, it's a very easy, very easy to perform when you're well trained, and that's why we always believe as every doctor needs to do is get get proper training. Uh, Doctor Rowan uh, offers group trainings. I offer one on ones, and we we like to train doctors together. We're actually putting together uh, right now, as we speak, not at this moment in time, a special online training for healthcare professionals through our international organization, the Society for the Advancement of Biooxidative Therapy, better known as Ozone Without Borders. And uh, they're going to be able to, once we have this accomplished, hopefully by the end of this week, um, uh, all healthcare professionals will be able to go on for an inexpensive fee, purchase this training, and um, uh, then just to have to get a generator uh, from a company called Promolife will um, sell them generators right away made here in the United States for their medical use. Of course, they can do what they wish in their office with it. So they'll be trained and up and running if they uh, want to benefit from this during this crisis. So, Dr. Ron, I was just informed that one of your nurses has called in, and since this is a show about nurses and for nurses and other healthcare people, I would love to hear from her about what her perception of this is also. So, um, Josh, if you could have connect us to Alyssa. Okay, Alyssa. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, this is, is this, Sharon. Is okay. this Alyssa? No, Sharon. this is Sharon. Alyssa wasn't able to call in. Okay. This is Sharon. I'm another nurse for Dr. Rowan. Okay. So, Sharon, um, how long have you been working with this therapy? I have been working for four years with Dr. Rowan, and yes. And about what percentage of the patients would you say that you're able to use this or that Dr. Rowan is able to use the treatment for? We use the treatment on well I work in the IV area so we get all the Dr. Rowan sees the patients and if he prescribes the ozone treatment for the patient then he sends them to the back office where we do the IV therapies and most of the patients get some form of oxidative therapy. Okay so uh, in in actual fact then a nurse can deliver this this is not something it has to be a doctor delivering it? Correct, actually, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it could be delivered almost anywhere then. Could it be done in uh, like the tents they're setting up now? 
Uh, oh, does it have to be in a hospital yeah. or a clinic? No, I mean, well, I have an ozone generator at home, so there are so many different ways to administer ozone. Um, but intravenous, you would want uh, clean techniques and and all of the the gear that you need. But you can actually have an ozone generator at home and and do a lot of beneficial therapies at home as well. Okay. So, Sharon, if there's one thing you really would like uh, nurses and healthcare providers around the world to know about this, what would it be? Um, yeah, I thought about this. When I came to Dr. Rowan's practice, I was, I was primarily, well, entirely Western trained, conventionally trained as a registered nurse, and I worked in a lot of different areas. And I knew nothing about the ozone therapy at all or, or what this clinic was about. And my husband encouraged me to work here. He's an anesthesiologist. And he he knew the biochemistry of it and um, and was convinced that it was a good thing. And as I've been taking care of patients in this clinic, I have seen more miracles than I have in any other setting in medicine. And I am really, I just, I wish that people would stop thinking of ozone as a harmful gas because of its, the, you know, inhaled, it is harmful. But I wish that they would start seeing it as, as, as a, a beneficial treatment and something that they can use in conjunction with other therapies that they're using. It's not either or, it can be both. And it's so, I, I can't even tell you how many amazing stories I have from working these last four years in the clinic. And I was skeptical. I mean, I, I kept an open mind and I didn't know anything about alternative therapies or anything, but what I've seen in this clinic has been amazing. So, so I'm, I'm surprised if, you're, if your husband, as an anesthesiologist, is aware of this, does he not have any uh, in with doctors to be able to say, you know, you need to know about this. My wife's doing this. It's great. <laughs> that's that's you know no he does not I mean he he a lot of his colleagues knows know that he um, that I work in this clinic and that he um, supports it um, but his um, but most of the colleagues don't know um, about the nature of ozone I I suppose and certainly the hospitals would never allow that just because of all of the, the rules and regulations. Their connections. And, and, so one yeah. last question. <laughs> Could you share one, one miracle story uh, with us before you how go? About, how, about, how about your husband, Sharon, the miracle of your husband? Oh, Well, okay. I mean, I, <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I, I would prefer to, to sh I mean, I could say my husband had a, a, a serious infection um, that, was progressing very rapidly, like a, like a, shooting bacteria, like a flesh-eating flesh bacteria. bacteria. Yeah, yeah, and um, and he was getting antibiotics that weren't working uh, quickly enough, and he had changed some antibiotics around a little bit and added, and then once he added ozone therapy, and we did um, quite a few um, of what we call 10 passes and some uh, a hyperbaric chamber as well into it. We just added a lot of these oxidative therapies, and he cleared it much more rapidly. So it, it helped wow. clear the infection rapidly, and he got over well, it. And it's, it's pretty traumatic, actually. Yeah. Because, you know, you just you get this sense of your mortality when something right. like this occurs and you could die. Yeah, well, we're there, so. exactly there right now. Yeah. So it sounds like this time, exactly. the time has come for this. Um, we're actually at a point where it's a good point for a break. So let's take a quick break, and um, we will be back in just a couple of minutes. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I'm talking. we're talking today about treatment for COVID-19 and what do we already have available to us. And I'm talking to Dr. Howard Robbins and Dr. Robert Rowan um, about this topic, and we will be back in a couple minutes. Thanks, Sharon. Mm -hmm. 
your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. Womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Thank you for returning after the break. Uh, this is just such an interesting segment. Uh, I'm really excited to be able to do it. So um, this is... This, I know uh, Jean is here now, Leanne. Would you like to speak okay. with her now or do you want her to wait? Uh, hang on just a second. I need to bring the segment in. So we're talking about treatment for COVID-19 or COVID and what do we already have available to treat it. And so my guests today are Dr. Howard, Howard Robbins from New York and Dr. Robert Rowan uh, from uh, Santa Rosa. And we've been talking about um, uh, various aspects of the COVID virus and viruses in general, and that the ozone therapy works because it's essentially oxygen, which can immediately be brought into the cells and then um, oxygenate. And of course, we know oxygen helps heal. So um, Dr. Robbins, would you like to introduce your nurse? Yes. Uh, uh, my nurse, Jean, has been working. She's an RN. Uh, basically, she did home care uh, IV, and she's been working with me since 2009. And uh, she'll be very happy to tell you the, uh, what, she's, what she's learned and what she's seen. So let me give you over to Jean. Jean, welcome to the show. Oh, uh, Thank you so much. So uh, tell a little bit about um, this. This show is called Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. So it's from the nurse's perspective. I'm always interested to hear. Tell me about your perspective on IV ozone therapy. Well, um, a, a lot of people are very hesitant about it. They're 
not sure. That is because a lot of people have gotten the wrong information that ozone is dangerous. But IV ozone can kill viruses, bacteria. It can heal wounds. It can also kill mold and fungus and so many different things the ozone has helped. People with a lot of Lyme's disease, people with neurologic problems like Alzheimer's and ALS and some people with even... Um, Diabetes, high blood pressure. Jane, could you share one story? Level out the area in the body and improve the the condition. Jane, could you share a story with us um, about something that you thought was pretty remarkable uh, that this treatment helped? Um, Okay, there... um, There was a patient with um, very bad Lyme disease, and they came in, and they could hardly walk because the neuropathy in their feet from the Lyme was so bad that it was so painful. Also, they had pain in their joints. They had brain fog from the Lyme affecting the brain cells and attaching to the nerve cells. And little by little, after months, it didn't happen right away, but this this one person felt like their their mind was clearer even after one dose. Wow. And that it helped with the neuropathy, it helped the pain, even one dose. Now, like I'm, I'm saying, it takes a long time. It doesn't happen overnight, especially if people have been sick, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. But some of these people, for a lot of these conditions, have tried every medical treatment out there, and nothing has helped. And so they come to ozone as a last resort, right. and right. and it helps. It, it improves their condition, and they are amazed. Gene, thank their you so much. Are amazed. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It really helps a lot to hear it from your point of view. Um, I'm going to go back to Dr. Rowan. Um, could okay. You were going to thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. So, Dr. Rowan, you were, uh, she helped you out with naming some of the, the things that it can be used for. Um, I'm wondering uh, about orthopedic-type things. <clears throat> Is there anything with that oh, bone? bone uh, tremendous. Uh, you know, I belong to the boomer generation, as does uh, Howard. And one of the big things uh, we face is uh, knee degeneration, degenerative joint disease, spines, Ozone has been published in good studies in standard journals to mitigate osteoarthritis. And it's been published at at mainstream medical meetings, in fact. The American Academy of Rheumatology published it for knee arthritis. My results with putting ozone into knee joints has been stunning. It's more like 85% really good results. And I think I've only lost maybe four or five knees to the surgeon's knife. Wow. Um, and, and, and those were people who came in with destroyed knees. Uh-huh. I think Howard has had similar experience. I get um, yep. hips are a little less effective, backs about 80%, necks about 80% improvement. There is nothing that's 100%. And if anybody tells you they're getting 100%, right. go somewhere else. Because yeah. I, yeah. I don't get it. So, Dr. Robbins, is that about what you're seeing also? Uh, Well, I have to say my knees 
were amazing. We, when we were in Ebola land in Sierra Leone, the head of medicine for the West, for West Africa, this woman, Dr. Eva Roberts, was very skeptical about letting us do the therapy and train the doctors. And she had severe knee pain. And I'm watching Dr. Rowan give her the prolo-ozone, it's called, therapy in the knee. She got up after years and years of pain, walked around, couldn't believe she was so pain-free, she came in and started to help us train the doctors and show them how to do the treatments. Uh, She was so blown away by it. That's what convinced me that joint injections were so astounding, and I've been doing them ever since. But I'm getting more in the 90 percentile for knees, but I would go along with him, uh, low back pain and, and peripheral neuropathy down into the foot and leg, where you do the lower spine, L4, 5, S1, 2. It's in the 80 percentile of great success. Hips also may be in the 80 percentile of success, because most people find out about this after it's too late. But Dr. Rowan published a paper showing that he was able to take a septic hip that had been replaced and saved it from having to be removed by doing ozone therapy. And I've been able to save on a dentist uh, from New Jersey. She had four knee replacements, and the fourth one literally gave her MRSA in her knee, and I was able to save her from having to have a leg amputation because of the MRSA. And I got rid of the MRSA by injecting it right into the joint. Uh, Dr. Rowan, I want to go back to the COVID here. If you you had a magic wand and you could wave it and have anything happen uh, in the United States to relieve this problem, what would it look like? What would you like to see happening? And is there some way that you can move that along? Well, I'm trying to move it along. My magic wand would be that the officials would say that there would be some type of, um, I, I, the word is not approval, but waiving of any restriction on the use of uh, a therapy that has been shown safe for the treatment of this. And uh, this would be, it is, we're not going to get big pharma to do a study on this. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to make money, and we know that Big Pharma murders people. Vioxx, and I use the word murder because Vioxx was murder. Uh, they kept that on the market, and 110,000 Americans were killed. Um, so they're not going to do this. This would be an unbelievable opportunity now for the government at point zero 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 one percent of what they're putting out to fund something on ozone, in an ICU, where there's an IRB at an institution. What's an uh, IRB? A study, Institutional Review Board. Got it. Okay. You need an Institutional Review Board to get a study published. They won't publish my work because I don't have an IRB. Even if I cured 100 people, they wouldn't care. You don't have an IRB. I mean, the system is set up for drugs for patentable drugs. It's a corrupt system, mm-hmm. and it's totally... Let's, let's go back to the dream. What, what's the dream? What, what would, uh, would it dream, be? The, uh, uh, somebody on every street corner? How, how would it look? Well, the first thing is, the main thing is we need to quell the fear and, and, and hysteria that this is generated by a, an allegedly untreatable condition. It's mm-hmm. allegedly untreatable. I beg to differ. I think it's treatable, but I don't know for sure. So the, the main thing with COVID, the, the overwhelming majority are benign cases, no symptoms. Right. Uh, it's the, the, the low percent that develops serious condition. And if we can show that we have a treatment for this, it would really calm rattled nerves. Right. So I would, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd see a couple ICUs or institutions consult with Dr. Robbins and me and set up a system where we're going to study people who are on respirators or are near, nearing respirators or are seriously ill and try this. And then if they do a lot better, that's going to calm a lot of nerves. People aren't going to be so fearful because you have a very inexpensive and totally safe treatment then for this. Now, in terms of street corners, I probably will be treating COVID, but I've decided not to have people come into my office physically because of the repercussions of contamination. So I probably will have a street corner where people can drive up uh, into a parking lot 
and after they get fully informed consent and other uh, signed papers and all the routine stuff, uh, I might be able to treat them with this very simple DIV method. There is a woman in Texas who's a lobbyist for the legislature who's actively engaged with her government trying to set up ozone treatment stations in parking lots. Mm-hmm. Us- using the something that I think is important. Um, because of you heard my nurse talk about Lyme disease, because of how many, I see over 200 late stage Lyme patients every year when they discover this might work and they come in. The Global Lyme Alliance, which is an organization that basically is not profit, raises money for Lyme research and for a better treatment and for a, uh, a better test, has just funded $1.25 million to the um, Tufts University Medical School's research department. I just delivered an ozone generator to them from Germany, a Zotzman generator. Um, uh, and they, I just delivered it two, three weeks ago on a Friday because they were given one and a quarter million dollars to do research on ozone and Lyme disease. First, it'll be test tubes in mice, and then it's going to be what Dr. Rowan and I have technically been doing for the last 30-something years, collectively over 60 years, um, human trials. Now, they mm-hmm. will, because they use international, you know, IRBs, which oversee these kind of studies, not just for the mice that are going to be used, but for humans. This will allow it to be published in tier one mainstream medical journals, that, you know, the, big, the biggies like Lancet and, and JAMA and New England Journal of Medicine. And this could make this standard of care medicine eventually. So there will be a doctor on every street corner, hopefully using it in their office one day within the next so many years. So we're working, Dr. Rowan and I have been working towards making this kind of a thing happen. It's just to try to get it happening now in the middle of a pandemic where some hospital will say, come on in, let's try it because these people are going to die otherwise. Let's give it a try. We're already using other medications in terms of experimental treatments. What harm is there in trying this? And then they can see and compare the results this to um, all the um, other drugs that they're they're starting to experiment with. So um, if, let's say, um, just to throw out somebody that uh, Bill de Blasio uh, gives one of you a call, say this afternoon and says, help, um, what happens then? I'm going to one of their hospitals with a generator, train some of the doctors in how to use it, oversee the treatments on the patients that are sick with it, and show whether or not it's really going to make the difference we believe it can make. I would do that in a heartbeat. Okay. And Dr. Rowan? Uh, I would, uh, I, I've offered to go anywhere. I've offered to go into hospitals uh, at unpaid, free. That's what I'm getting from uh, you. Is you're not looking to make money on this. You're looking to help people. Yeah. Absolutely. Our practices are as busy as they can get because many of our patients, their family and friends, are now coming in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to get um, you know past patients and all their family and friends are coming in sure. to get cleansed, detoxified, and have their immune system boosted with it. Even just a half a dozen treatments that take two to six minutes will do that because we're not an ER. We're not able to accept patients that are very, very ill for the sake of all the other patients who are ill for other reasons here in the office. And we certainly don't want to have the health department close us down because uh, we may have contaminated the office with somebody that's, you know, proven sick with Ebola that should be, uh, you know, uh, quarantined. So we're getting people in like crazy, which is why I didn't know if my nurse would be free for a moment, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, just to boost yeah. themselves up. One thing I I'm just I just heard about before we went on the air, and I'm not sure if either of you have heard it yet, but Amy Klobuchar's husband apparently tested positive for uh um, COVID-19. And I heard there are a couple of others, Paul Rand. And I'm wondering, you know, uh, I'm thinking they're very open at this point to hearing something uh, that could be possible. That might be a couple of people you need to get on their phone. Well, I was contacted a week ago to Dr. Robbins. have to come to a doctor. We can't go and solicit patients. That's not allowed by the law. Okay. 
All right, that makes sense. Dr. Rowan, you were saying something? Yeah, I I prefer... Uh, I was contacted a week ago by a congressman. A congressman called me, and I sent my materials to his staffer at his request. And uh, this congressman had COVID and was sick mm-hmm. on the phone. I could hear it. Um, but I've heard nothing since, just to let you know. Interesting. Well, um, it's funny how high fever and can't breathe will uh, make you a lot more open to um, some suggestion. So um, we are actually down to just a couple of minutes left here. So is there one final thing you would each like to say in about a minute or so? Well, for me, uh, I would say that if patients, if people out there have uh, questions and concerns, there's no way in one hour we could tell you everything about this. Uh, They can feel free to call my office, which will give them my cell phone number, um, and I'll be happy to, you know, answer a few questions. But if you Google Dr. Rowan's name and go on his YouTube site and and whatnot, you'll be blown away by all the stuff that he's put up on there. And if you Google my name, you'll learn all about all the work that I've been doing all around the world as well. And then uh, if you want to call with a question or two, they're welcome to call 212-581-0101. That's 212-581-0101. And then uh, I'll be happy to answer questions. Okay. And Dr. Rowan, just in a minute or so. I don't expect anybody to believe what we're saying about what ozone can do, but I do expect them to believe my patients. I have over 400 individual patients on my YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is um, Robert Rowan, MD, all one word. You've got to go to my channel. You will see me on YouTube speaking, but I want you to go to the channel where it features patients. And you listen to those patients, and it, it's really mind-blowing when, when you see these patients talking about what it did for them. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I just wanted to mention, I'm hoping I have enough time here, uh, that uh, on Thursday I heard from a nurse from Ottawa, Canada, and she was talking about how uh, the people in Ottawa are uh, going out on their front step every night at 7.30 Eastern Time and cheering and um, applauding and and, uh, cheering anybody who is working for healthcare, uh, especially nurses. And she said it's really caught on there and people are, it's gotten on the news and things like that. It's just one way we can get back a thank you to all the people who are working in healthcare now, risking literally their lives. So I hope that, uh, I'm kind of hoping that everybody else can start doing that. I'm going to start doing it every night, every evening during the week. So thank you so much for uh, joining us on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. This is Leanne Meyer, and I have been talking with uh, my guest, Dr. Howard Robbins from New York and Dr. Robert Rowan from um from Santa Rosa, and we've been talking about treatment for COVID-19, what we already have available. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.